0: Welcome to The Nativist Podcast, where we tap into our instinct and natural power to live intuitively. The ultimate goal is to leave the world healthier and more beautiful than we found it. It all starts on the individual level by cultivating our mind-body connection. Whether you're on a healing journey or just want to look and feel your best, I hope by the end you feel a little happier, a little more inspired, and a little more invested in yourself and the world please remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the nativist podcast. And today's guest is actually a repeat guest. We just never got to air the first episode. (laughs) Thanks, technology. So Shauna Arrington is back with us and she has a story, you guys. She's just a rad human and I cannot wait to dig in and have her share her story with you. So Shauna, hey, what's up? What's up? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for (laughs) riding the wave through all of this. (laughs) And will you just give us a little bit of a background about you so we can really dig in and see how awesome you are. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm like awkward. Um, (laughs) What a
1: lead in. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So uh, basically like I was was born in California and a really big traumatic event kind of happened to me. And um, my mom sent me away to live here in Vegas with my dad and my grandmother. And um, I think I was six years old, maybe seven. And, um, I've been here ever since there was a lot of summers where like, you know, I got sent back to California for the summer, Colorado for other adventures. And at heart though, I'm definitely like half and half sandbox, Vegas, desert kid and beach baby. So, and a little bit of cowgirl in there. It's a little weird. I it's like a little that. weird. <laughs> <laughs> I like weird. not <laughs> so weird. Just been like raised out here and, you know, being raised in Vegas, there's not a, ton of stuff for kids to do besides to kind of get into trouble and that i did i've got into a lot of trouble <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of i never got caught but i had a lot of trouble so you're really
0: good at it yeah i am really those make, those make for the best stories
1: <laughs> they do i am like think i'm the only one in my family that hasn't been arrested so <laughs> uh, nice me i thought, me, I thought you'd see you
0: yeah how yeah <laughs> how masterful you are at it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So,
1: um, yeah. And then, you know, I, I married really young at 18 and had my first baby before I actually got married at 18 and had another one at 19 and, and then kind of just, you know, realized that like this person was definitely not the one for me. They were, you know, five, six years older than me. And I was just trying to figure out who I was and it, it just was not working. And so I, I took the risk of, you know, not living in an unhappy marriage and just kind of wanted to take my chances and be a single mom and, and try to look for my, like my one true love and, um, yeah. kind of figure out what I wanted to do in the meantime. Good for uh, you. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was, it was terrifying. Cause you know, you go from daddy to husband uh, and yeah. you, you don't even know, like, can I do this on my own? You know, like, yeah. and then have two toddlers at the same time. You're just, just like, it was, It was bananas and I made a ton of mistakes and a lot of things that I kind of wish I would have done differently, but all in all, if it ended up getting me to where I am at this moment today, like it, it was worth it.
0: Definitely. A few questions to throw at you. You were young when you got married and then those are some big life moments that were coming at you. So becoming of age, so 18 and then getting married and having kids, boom, boom, like a lot of life moments and When you realized that that wasn't the person that you wanted to be with in your marriage, was that pretty natural for you to want to move on or did you wrestle with that for a while?
1: Oh man, I cried over it probably for like, like I had known for about six months and I had wrestled with it. It was another kind of turning event thing that had happened is my brother had got jumped by skinheads um, (laughs) and he had, yeah, and he was comatose. He had to learn how to walk and talk again. And I was the one that helped him do that again. Like my, my parents were not, reliable. My dad more so was reliable, but my mother is just a hot mess, like just a whole alcoholic train wreck. My brother wanted nothing to do with that. He wanted me. I was his sister. I was his best friend. I was the one that like had basically helped to make sure we survived our childhood. And that took a lot of time from my marriage and my, my kids just to be there every day with my baby brother. And um, it caused a lot of strain on the marriage. And the big trigger point for me was like, if you know how important my little brother is to me, you know, why would you not support me through this and let me support him versus kind of just like pulling me in the other direction? And mm. and that was the my first clue that like this was not the person. It wasn't my first clue, but it was my big first like moment of this is not the person for me and this is not what love is. And right. other little things like when I would color my hair pink and just try to be myself, like the normal crazy punk rocker I've always been, like I would get told, you know, like, Hey, I have professional meetings to go to and like at company events. You can't have hair like that. And I'm like, did I just go from like dad to dad? Like yeah. I don't understand like why are you trying to control me? Or when I got a tattoo of my brother on my arm while he was in the hospital, like just to try to like cope with the pain and like have something to look at. I was told again, why would you do, why would you do that? Why would you not even ask me? It's like, it's my body, dude. Like, you know, like you can't meet me in the mosh pit, make me fall in love with you. And then, then try to control me. And when I, you know, I'm not controllable, you know, like it was a lot. So I is a lot it was a lot. And you know what my, I grew up with divorced parents and I didn't want to do that to my kids. I wanted to give them the perfect family that I never had. And that as a mother was like, that was my biggest thing. And that's, was like, well, do I, do I stay in an unhappy marriage or do I take my chances and show them that I can do it strong and they're still loved? I can co-parent, you know, I can co-parent with their dad and I, and I'll find somebody else and they're going to love them just as much, you know, like they're going to, they're going to be such a good part of our whole family and it'll be blended, but it'll be great. And I don't know. I just kind of always been trying to be optimistic about it and wrestled with it. But in the end, I, you know, being miserable as a wife would trickle down even if I tried to avoid it to my children. And I wasn't going to do that. Love that
0: so much. And I actually had a friend reach out to me a couple of weeks ago and she's dealing with that same question right now. Mm -hmm. She's in a marriage. She's not happy. She's having marital problems
1: Mm -hmm.
0: thinking about divorce. And she, asked me if I could pose that question to people on Instagram, people Mm -hmm. who have been divorced themselves, people who were children of divorce, what they Mm -hmm. had to say about it. Were they glad that their parents divorced? Were they glad that they themselves divorced? Overwhelmingly, every one of them said, yes, I'm so glad A, that my parents got divorced and or B, I myself got divorced because of exactly what you had said. And that's Mm -hmm. powerful it matters.
1: And you know, you know, hindsight is 2020. So when I look at it now and I look at, you know, how could I have ever known to do anything different besides this is like, when you're a teenager, you're not happy at house, you run away. So I ran away from the marriage too. Whereas I think looking as an adult, you know, June and I have had a lot of problems especially raising the uh, the kids from that marriage and being a blended family and adjusting to step parent roles and stuff like that and as a married couple in general you know like we just have we have issues and For me with my current husband, it was never an issue to run away. It was like, no, how do we fix this? How do we get past this? Because this is not going to happen. Like quitting is not an option. I love you. I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. We're going to fix this and we're going to figure it out. And so we've done counseling. We've done workshops. We've taken parenting classes. We've done everything under the book to try to make sure that our marital relationship is positive and working and growing together. And so is our parenting style. And learning from the mistakes that we've made, you know, with the teenagers and like, like hindsight 2020, like, I'm glad that I'm where I'm at. But I think in, in honesty, I would have felt better if I would have tried to go to counseling. I think it would have been the exact same outcome, but I feel like I should have been a little bit more of an adult about it. But how could I have known, you know, like I was, I was 21 when I left, you know, so Uh, most people are celebrating their 21st birthdays and going out and going clubbing. I was packing my life into the trunk of my car and figuring out where am I going to sleep that night? And, you know, and it was, it was bananas. So it was just like, Oh God.
0: (laughs) Well, and exactly like you said, hindsight is 2020. So now you have different thoughts, different tools, different, whatever that you mm-hmm. can assess the past with and be like, yeah, I should have done this, should have done this. But yeah, in that moment, people and you yourself are doing the best that you can, mm-hmm. and so that's sometimes so hard to remember because, right, or looking back with what we know now and mm-hmm. applying that to what we should have known then, and it's just not equatable, it's, and it's not, and
1: it? it's not fair. It's not fair. It's to not yourself. fair. Not at it's all. It's not fair to yourself. And and really, I if I like if I ask ask myself the same question, what's the major difference between you know, obviously it's always communication, right? Communication is sure. a big, big issue of relationships, but it's the ultimate question of, do I really want to spend the rest of my life with this person? And will I, will I keep fighting every day? Like, I yeah. keep fighting if you have that? And the answer was no for him. So
0: well, I'm so glad that you brought that up because that's exactly what I wanted. To, well, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is with June, your husband now, what made that different for you with him? Was it factors from both sides? So what made you think it's not an option to give up? We're all in. Let's go to counseling. Let's do what we have to do.
1: It's so crazy because he was my best friend. He, we were best friends for for years before we had a romantic relationship. That was the foundation, he was there when, even though I had been separated with Josh for years, Mm -hmm. when we finally went to to divorce court, like there was, I lost my kids. I lost custody of them. And, and he was the one that literally picked me off the concrete floor. Like I was hysterical. And he was the one that took care of me for a week when I couldn't eat and I couldn't get up. And you know, I, I couldn't like, I've never ever in my life been, I don't think ever been depressed ever in my life, but that, that was it like, that was it for me where like, I couldn't, I couldn't exist, <laughs> you know? And he was yeah. the one that like, you know, was took care of me. And, and after that, he just kept encouraging me to like, you know, to get through it and do what I can. And I ran away again. I was in love with an, a girl named Narelle and she's still, I love her to death, but I ran away to New York with her. I said, if I can't see my kids, I don't want to be in this town. I can't, yeah. I don't want, I don't want anything. And and that was kind of like the common theme for me. I noticed so it was like, well, I'm a runner. Like <laughs> I am definitely a, a freaking runner. So I was like, well, no, I was just going to say I, that's
0: understandable too. And you just see from what you've come through. And I mean, with anybody, you can understand backgrounds and how that contributes to patterns and why they do what they do and why they are the way that they are. Yeah. It all makes sense.
1: Yeah. And if I like, if I had to go back and analyze like all the <laughs> relationships I was up until June, I ran away. I ran away every single yeah. time. Like every time things were not okay. And they were like, I would stay around for and take a little bit of abuse. And then finally I would be like, you know what? Nope. I'm running. Like, I don't want to. This yeah. is not worth my time. I'm not working it out. Like I love you, but I'm I don't love you that much. And sure. and it was different with Norelle. I loved her to death, but we just weren't, it was not our timeline. And it coincided with June. Like it was like it was weird. I was dating her. And living in New York with her and he came out to visit me. And when he and it was still we were just best friends at this point, when he got on the airplane to leave, like I felt like my whole world was leaving and I couldn't understand how because I'm so in love with Norel and he's leaving and I feel like like I should stop him. Like I felt like that movie scene, like I should run and stop him and tell yeah, him yeah. that I love him. Yeah. And then I was like, what is wrong with me? Like what what am I feeling? Like why is, <laughs> what, what is happening? <laughs> And I wrestled with that again for like wow. another two months. And I was yeah. like, you know, sitting there with Norelle And she was just not doing well emotionally, adjusting to New York life. And she had a lot of issues and she really needed my support. And I I felt like I couldn't give it to her. I just I didn't know where my heart was. I didn't know mm-hmm. what was happening. And I didn't know how I could be in love with two people at the same time. And what am I supposed to do with that? And it was crazy. And then like kind of kismet happened. I, I had lost my, um, one of my two, three jobs in New York. Cause you need three to live in Brooklyn. Gosh. And <laughs> wow. I lost one. And then another one like had the position had been canceled. And so here I am now in New York now I have no job. And my fiance, Noral, of this time is like losing her mind. And I, my heart is like tugging me back to Las Vegas because my kids are there. And now June is like pulling me somehow. And I don't know and what is happening. And and so I was just like, I don't know what to do. And so I called him. I said, I think I'm gonna move back to Vegas. He's like, no, don't move back to Vegas. I said, What? He's like, no, please don't move back to Vegas. I go, why? He goes, Because I'll have to leave my girl. And marry you?
0: Oh my gosh! (laughs) Wow!
1: Yeah! Wow! And like it was, I was like, I'm on the next flight. (laughs) Like,
0: yeah, hell, (laughs) right response.
1: (laughs) I was (laughs) like, I can't even. And it was so crazy where I was like, this can't be real. Like, we just must be like infatuated just because our relationships are going down the toilet. Like, maybe this is just like you know, like where you like, sometimes you think the grass is greener and, and it was different. And, um, I came, I came back and by the time I had gotten back here, they had already broken up and I was like, well, you just broke up out of a 10 year relationship. I don't want to be seen with you in public. Like, I don't want her to think it was because of me because mm-hmm. I love her, you know? Like, I don't want, like, I don't even know what I'm feeling right now. I was like, we just need to like, just take a break. Like, let's not explore this yet. Like, let's yeah. just be friends. And then of course, it's so hard to be friends when you're like,
0: oh my God, I think I love you. So- <laughs> Yes, yes, no so- And so we
1: did this whole thing where we're like, let's just date other people and like, let's just be friends and see how it goes. Let me tell you, that was the most- like I mean, you could put this in a movie. I mean, it's typical. Like he would date somebody, and I'm like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> and then, like, who is that? What? Is, what is she? Why? Why is she over here? And then same thing, like you know. And I would be like sitting at the other end of the bar, and he's sitting over there. I'm like, why are you sitting over there? And like, <laughs> <laughs> but then he would sit next to me. I'm like, don't sit next to me. I don't want people to see you. And like, I was, I was, I was awful. Okay, I was awful to him. <laughs> Awful, awful, awful. And he was the same to me. Like he would bring girls and like stand in front of my bar that I had to go, go on top of. And I'm like, there's a whole like other three bars in this whole club. Like, do you really have to come to my bar?
0: Yeah, I do. And make
1: me and make me make them shots. Like, I was like, are you kidding (gasps) me? Like it infuriated me, but I was like at the same time, like, I
0: love it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely
1: so it was like it was just that friendship that foundation of the friendship that we had and the the way we know to push each other's buttons and like even to this day when we fight like cats and dogs like we fight like brothers and sisters and then he'll walk by me and like I'll be like seething like seething hot like I'm like ah! and he'll like he will moon me and make me like cry <laughs> laughing he's like you know what and then he'll turn around and I'm like, I'm like, best I'm so
0: move best move yeah. You know? best way <laughs> so to handle like, that
1: it is like, it is so funny, but like, uh, you know, it's like, that's the that one thing. It was like, I can't
0: lose my best friend. You know, like
1: I can't yeah. imagine life going without my best friend.
0: Yeah. You guys just get each other. It sounds like you just yeah. get each other. And that's a big part of it. That really, really matters.
1: And just the little things like I go to get my hair. I mean, you've seen how often I color my hair and how different, like it's a different color every six weeks. And love it. he, he says, What, ooh, what kind of wife do I get this time? Not, (gasps) you know, what the hell are you thinking?
0: Yeah. Big difference. Yeah. Good. Like just little things, you know? How do you focus on how you raise your kids considering like the upbringing that you had? Do you have like a certain focus because of that or have a certain approach because of that?
1: Yeah, like, you know, unfortunately, the teenagers were guinea pigs, you know, like they, yeah. <laughs> you know, raising them, we were, I mean, they were in elementary school when we got, um, you know, when we got custody back of them, and um, we shared 5050. And so they were still in, in ele- third and fifth grade and, um, and, you know, going from school age, and they're about to go to middle school, and that's a big transition for them and going from there to high school. So like, we kind of got like some of the most difficult years to do that. So I've always been a fan of like, my mantra is don't bitch about it. Be about it. You know what I mean? Do about yes, it. Like, yes. get, educate yourself. Like if you don't know how to do something, go figure out how to do it. Go like there's gotta be resources on that. Like somebody has figured something out that is evidence-based and yes, works. Yes, yes. So I did, I reached out to, and it's a free program here in Nevada. It's called the ABCs of parenting and they have it from um, newborn to teenagers. And I said, that's it we're taking classes and me and June took the classes together as the parents. And then we did the teens uh, with us and the teens took the classes with us too. And so it was, um, it is evidence-based. It's about communication. It's about um, setting clear and clear boundaries. And it's about respecting and hearing your kids and, and yes, yes, we do make the final decision, but it's okay to to accept their input. It's okay to consider their input. And if it's reasonable, it's okay to pick your battles and give in, you know? So it was very different with them because we didn't approach that kind of parenting until, you know, um, like preteen teen years. And it was a new program. So we were trying to break all these habits that, you know, I was raised being screamed at and beaten and my husband's from the Philippines. So they have no qualms about ripping off stitches, you know, switches and, and hitting them and Yeah, you know, and it's just, that's not how I parent. I've always been about, we're not spanking, we're not doing this. And we've definitely lost our temper and broken that rule before. And it's like, no, I don't, I have enough mom guilt as it is. Like I don't need any more when I can be doing something that's going to raise empowered and competent children without any trauma abuse, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Tell us about your journey to be a nurse. I know it's been kind of a gnarly ride to get there, and you had to jump through some major hoops, and you really made it happen, and tell us all that you had to do to get to where you are. All right, so
1: after I finished all of my prereqs for the CSN, which is the community college nursing program. So I finished the prereqs and the deadline to apply was coming up. um, And I, you know, I had all the grades, I had all the marks, so I got everything ready. And then I went to submit my application and they were like, we need a high school diploma. And I'm like, what do you mean you need a high school diploma? I would, I just came from college. Like, don't they have that on record? Like (laughs) you (laughs) would think one would think, Yeah. yeah. And um, so of course I called the college. I was like, didn't you have my transcripts for when I first went? Cause I took a college class when right after um, Cole, my second oldest was born. I tried to go back to college for a little bit and I, that was another controlling issue. So I, you know, only got to take one class. Wow. So I figured, Hey, they should have those high school transcripts. Right. And no, no, they did not have that. And it was August wow. uh, right before school's about to start. So I obviously, was like okay, well that's fine. I'll just pop on down to the you know CCSD board, Clark County School District, and and go grab a copy of my diploma. Like how hard could that be?
0: Easily well, resolved.
1: Yeah, this is great. Yeah, <laughs> it's easy, right? Yeah. So I, I go online and I'm like, okay, let me see. And then I request a transcript, and you have to request it online, and then you have to physically go down there and pick it up, or you could have it mailed, which would take longer. I'm like, I don't have time. I have like two weeks,
0: oh and. Gosh.
1: Yeah. So I was like, crap. So I requested it. And they're like, due to high volume, most transcript re- requests will not be filled for another six to eight weeks. No. And I'm like, yo, yeah. that's <laughs> not going to do
0: it for me. So
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I called, I went above and beyond. I was like, I will literally drive down there. Like I will pay wow. extra. I will pay triple. Like I just need my high school diploma. Yeah. And they're like, well, it'll take, we'll put your order in. And then if it can comes up any faster, like, we'll let you know. And I'm like, great. So I'm like, well, I probably have to have the original somewhere, right? Like I, I graduated 18 years ago. It's got to be, it's got to be at my dad's house. Like it has to be at my dad's house. So I called yeah. my dad and I was like, do you have my my diploma framed anywhere? Like, I don't know why, you know, like, I don't know why he would why he it. Wouldn't have it. it. And yeah. he's like. I don't think so. He's like, I'll look though. And I'm like, okay. Um, Because I remember like, um, you know, after I had moved back to New York, I stayed with my, my dad for a little bit while I got um, until I got an apartment. And so I'm like, if anything, if I had it, it's gotta be there. Cause I left a bunch of like filing cabinet stuff there. And I'm like, it's gotta be there. It's gotta be there. And no, my dad and my stepmom, everybody went through it and they're like, it's not there. And I'm like, oh, it's gotta be at my mom's then. And I haven't talked to my mom. And (gasps) my mom is bananas. Like she is cuckoo from Cuckoo Town. Like she
0: dang dang.
1: so bad. And I didn't know how bad she was because I had cut off the relationship, cut off the abuse, cut off people taking time for me, like and emotional. Like I just can't. So I cut her off a long time ago, like when June and I had our first child, so 2011. And so here it is now. It's like two. It's like 2017, I think, that I was like trying to look for this diploma, 2017, 2018. And um, I was like, oh my god, I have to go to my mother's. And so and so I went ahead and I went down there. I called her and warned her. I said, hey, I just need to come and see if my high school diploma is down there. Do you mind if I come and look? And she's like, that's fine but you just need to make it fast. So I was like, Oh, I gotta go to my mom's. Oh my God. So I call her. She's like, okay, I go over there. And I was like, what is this? Like it was a full on crack den. And I'm talking about, you couldn't even walk. There was stuff everywhere. There was like rat poop. There was like, it was, and she was all cracked out. And then she was like, she didn't even know she was bleeding from her leg. And I was like, that turned into me taking her to like the hospital. And then it turned to me like, while she's doing that, I'm like, I got to find these important documents. Mom, where do you keep all the important documents? And she's like, Oh, um, it was in a briefcase and I had rented a car and then I had to go to the hospital. And then they took, when I came back, the car was gone. I was like, well, Don't you think maybe the place you rented it from took the car back? And she's like, well, yeah, but I don't know. Like they were really shady. We just had to pay cash. Like they didn't, we didn't do a credit card or anything. And I'm like, oh my God. I was like, do you have the receipt? Do you have anything? Like, and it's really hard to like talk to us. She's like bananas. So this, just this conversation of trying to understand where she rented this car from had taken three hours and it was very, very, very difficult. I finally get a hold of the car or the car rental place, and they're like, um, You need to pay $700 before you even touch that. That was how much the bill was. And we won't even let you have access to your property until this bill is paid. And I'm just like, oh Mom, my. is my diploma in there? She's like, It should be. And I'm oh like, my. Chances are good. <laughs> I was, oh, like, I was just like, I was like, it was man. crazy detective work. It was crazy. Like for me to Jeez. even do that and to find that place. So then I, you know, I'm talking to my mother's sister who's my aunt. And she's been like the motherly figure to me since, you know, all the craziness. And yeah. he was like, you know what? I'll just pay it. She's like, I'll pay it. Hopefully your diploma's in there. Oh. So I have to take my mother though, because they won't release anything to me
0: because it was her. Of course. So of I course. Have to- Gosh.
1: I had to try to round up and get my mother into a car, which took another two hours. She was just like, I was oh like, mom, my. can you just put on some clothes? Like, I don't want yeah. anything to happen to you. Like, this yeah. is not okay. Yeah, yeah. And it was just wild. It was really wild. And it was a lot. And I was like, it's fine. Let's just get this. Let's go get this shit. And then just get out of there. We got to get shit. there. Oh, man. She is like tearing them apart and like cussing <laughs> at them. i was like, just take this money. And, and, and let's just get this briefcase. Like and literally I'm like, I can't even believe what is happening in my own life right now. I'm like, is this, is this (gasps) real life yet? Another movie moment where I'm taking my crazy psychotic mother to try, to, (laughs) who's wearing no clothes to try to get a briefcase that may or may not have my high school diploma. So I can just apply to nursing school. That's all I want to do.
0: Wow. that's and yeah. Can so, you just make that happen?
1: Yeah. And so we finally, we get the briefcase and I'm going through it. And my mom is like, can you just drop me off? I was like, I'm not dropping you off anywhere. You're going home. I'm not, no, we're not doing this. Like, let's just look into this briefcase and I'm looking and I'm looking and it's not there. No, It is not there. And she's crazy. She's trying to jump out of the car while it's moving. And like, I'm just Gosh. like, ah, my God. So I like I just end up leaving her on the corner, like because she like she was either gonna kill herself or I was gonna pull over and let her out.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: so I was like, okay, you want, you wanna be in the middle of this crazy place. I don't even know where we are. That's fine. Like God, I, like you're an adult, like I'm done. Yeah, yeah. And so I get home and then my stepdad is calling me and he's like, You need you can't just leave your mother in the middle. I was like, you go get her. Like, I don't know, like oh, it was a hot mess. So I finally. it. Like, like, it, yeah. Yeah. So I just I was like, you know what? I'm just going to force her in the car and like take her, get a milkshake or something and like try to bribe her into the car. And I like coax her back into the car, get her home. And then I was just like, and then I just cry the whole way home because I'm like, I've worked so hard to get into like, to get to where I'm at, to apply to this program. Like Mars was just a baby when I was going and taking two back-to-back eight hour classes for anatomy physiology, pumping in between class. And like, I'm doing, you know, and I'm just like hysterical that like, I did all that for nothing. Finally. I'm crying. I'm not going to be able to get into nursing school. And from the drive from where I dropped my mother off to by the time I got to my house, I had stopped crying and said, no, there's another way. There's got to be another way. And so I called my dad and I said, I think I figured it out. He's like, what? I go, I'm not going to get into CSN nursing school. And he's like, Okay. Cause I would have to wait another six months. I was like, I don't have that kind of time. Like for me, I'm already an older student. Like I'm in my thirties. I don't have time to be like, it's cool. I'll take another six months off. Like I need to provide for my family now.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: You know? And yeah, so he's yeah. like, so what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to apply to UNLV's nursing school. And he's like, isn't that like twice the cost? And I was like, it's twice the cost, but I'll graduate the same time. And with more of a degree instead of an associates, I'll graduate with a bachelor's. And he's like, Okay. He's like, that's what you're going to do. I said, fuck. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. I'm Good calling you. them right now. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I did. I and they're that. like, you can apply to the program. Sure. You're just missing this, this, and this. And I was like, okay. So I had a little bit over eight weeks. I think it was like just a semester and and then the summer, like one semester and the summer to get in like eight classes to get into the program. Wow. Wow. And so I did it. I like, I took, summer courses. I doubled up. I freaking took statistics online. Like why? Jeez. Like a summer accelerated the course of statistics. Like, that's
0: brutal. Uh,
1: brutal. And I just remember going to my aunts in the summer and I would wake up early. I went surfing. I came back and I was like, that's it. I got to do some homework. And then we went and we did, we went to Disneyland and we did all this. I was just like, I'm making it work. Like I am making it work.
0: Yes. Uh, it was crazy. I love stories like this and I love people like you who just like dig deep and make it happen and you have all these obstacles blocking your way and you're like, "No, I'm going to do yeah. it." And it's so easy to just take any of those as a loss and cut your losses and run and be like, "Okay, well obviously I'm getting signals that I shouldn't be doing this or, you know, like how am I going to get around this?" And I love 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 people like you who are just like, "No, where there's a will, there's a way I'm going to make it happen. And there's a creative solution. So maybe the first track wasn't for me, but I can pivot and go down the second track. And like you said, like it could have an even better outcome. You'll have a bachelor's instead of just an associate's and better all the way around and just keeping your options open can be so powerful.
1: Yeah, it was, I've had a lot of realizations. Like I said, I I know that I'm a runner and I just, I've put my foot down since I decided to marry June. Like I've just, I'm not a runner anymore. Like I don't give up. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I love this so so much. So then you went to nursing school and you kicked ass.
1: Oh my God. It was so crazy. I couldn't even like, Everybody was like, this is so hard. This is, so hard. this is so hard. I'm like, it's not actually, I just need more time. Like I was doing, I was working with the four kids and doing it for the first whole semester. Wow. Were you really? I was, I was still, I was waitressing. I, I stopped bartending and I went to waitress at a, a cute little restaurant in Summerlin. And I was working Friday, Saturday, Sunday and going to school the rest of the time and
0: dealing with the kids the other time. And Gosh. oh, I remember you, I remember you saying this. So what are your time management tips, man? Because that is (laughs) aggressive to juggle (laughs) all of that. Like what was your day-to-day like? What were your thoughts like? Just so many questions on how you were able to make this all happen.
1: Yeah. So a lot of it was, it was like very big discipline. I try to look at what my week looked like in advance. And then I just really had to plan it like every day by day. Like I had to look at, all right, the teenagers are in school from this time to this time. And then my, my kindergartner, no kindergarten. So he, he was in school the whole day. So thank God they weren't doing half day anymore. So I just had to worry about Mars and Mars, you know, he was pretty easy. He liked to play and all that. So I could get some stuff done while he was playing. And then he took a two hour nap in the afternoon, which was wonderful. And I just had to like fight not to take a two hour nap. too. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the
0: kicker. Yeah.
1: That is the kicker. But um, I'm a morning person. So I liked getting up at like 4 30 in the morning, having coffee and studying by myself with like no interruptions. Like mm. the whole house is like silent and yes. asleep yes. and everybody's great. And then the kids would get up at 6 30, like the teens, because they'd have to, you know, go to school or get up at six. And that would be my time to like see them in the morning, the older ones. And then I'd drive them to school and then I'd go to school. And then um, I'd be in school all day and you know, they give you a little bit of breaks in between classes, but I didn't take those breaks. I used that to work on assignments. I used it to study. Um, I studied while I ate, like I was a study machine. I would get home or I would tell my husband, I'm going to be at Starbucks for two hours. Can you pick up the kids and do all that before you go to work? Cause he worked swing shift and he would handle it. So I would have like three hours a day, in the afternoon, two to three hours a day in the afternoon to study. And then I would get up two hours early in the morning to study. And then I'd stay up at night after I got the kids to sleep. And then I would
0: study a little bit more. <laughs> so. so you just use any and every available piece of time. Absolutely. I had it to in. I had to,
1: and then if I wanted to, like, and I looked at my load, like you kind of look at your caseload, and you're like, what can I do now so that in a couple days I have a light load and I can spend some really good time with my family? Because you know, Friday movie nights were something, or the the football games that my kids were in marching band. You know, I want to go to, I want to go to their game. You know, I want to go watch them perform. And yeah, yeah, I I would just try to maneuver everything, or I would say, okay, well, Saturday obviously I don't have class, so I'm going to spend eight hours on Saturday studying so just so I could go Friday night for four hours with the kids
0: you know so it was like so is it easy for you to just sit down and focus
1: for me because I love it and I such a dork at heart like I yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love learning and some of the material was really hard to like kind of grasp at first and so That's why I recorded all my lectures though, too. So I can like read it and then be like, what did he say about that? And then
0: smart.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I listen to my lectures when I drive, like I would just try to have ingrain it into my
0: head of like, how is this working? Yeah. That's a game changer. I wish I would have thought of that. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a good idea. So I want to give you a shout out too. So you posted some letters of recommendation Oh, my God. Were they former professors had written on? They were. okay. Yeah, they
1: were. Well, um, three of them are former professors. And the other one was a student nurse for um, CCSD that I shadowed during my community health rotation. And she's just badass. Like and she she really showed me that like you think of the school nurse and you think of like that person that just like puts a bandaid on it like they do Mm -hmm. so much. She's an RN like I was. She went to school like I did. She worked as hard. She knows as much as I do, if not more. And there's so much more um that is that goes into being a school nurse that like just people don't realize. And was, I just loved it. I loved I love learning about all the roles that nurses play in the in our community that we have no idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, definitely
1: nurse lawyers. There's like fire chief nurses. Like there's like so many things that nurses do and it's so versatile. And that's comforting to know that if for some reason I ever want to choose paths, like I have a million options, you know? Yeah.
0: That's a good thought. Such a pivotal, significant contribution to just the whole process, man. Like you guys are the heavy lifters in a lot of ways, aren't you? (laughs)
1: Yeah. It's really hard. Like, I mean, just going back to the rec letters, like I know how hard I worked, but I didn't know that other people saw how hard I worked. And so it was like, I cried when I read those recommendation Uh letters. I was like, how kind. It felt so good not to be like alone, to know that people saw me struggling and they- And they appreciated that I like I rose above it. And, and that's one of the things one of the feedbacks was I do have to submit an intention letter to apply to the nurse practitioner program. My one professor, you know, Shauna Rue, she said, you know, your intention letter is wonderful, but you don't talk about your struggle. And she's like, yeah. you know, you should talk about your struggle. I'm like, Definitely. but I'm already past it. Like, I've already moved past it. So I don't, <laughs> I'm like, but I want to talk about where I want to go now. Like, I don't want to talk about how hard it was to get here. Like, I want to talk about where I want to go now, you
0: know? And she's like, (laughs) no, I really think it's important. So definitely because that just oh amplifies God. your accomplishments just shows just how much better they are just of all the shit that you had to get through to get there i want to read some of what they had said one of them this is from shauna rue and she talks about what a bright and enthusiastic student you were how you always went above and beyond your course requirements especially with all <laughs> the balls that you had in the air juggling on the side and you were a critical thinker who used both basic and social sciences to accurately assess and care for clients and then i thought i remembered reading that you also did some stuff on the side. Did you serve on a committee or something? I know that you mentored some um, younger students or students below you. So you weren't yeah. just doing your nursing studies. You also did some extra extra too on the side, right? Yeah,
1: I joined, um, she actually pushed me to join the Nevada Nursing Student Association. So I joined the association. I became the communications director and I used my social media background because I used to do social media marketing and managing with um, one of my great friends, Danielle O'Hara, who runs Nevermore Productions out here. And so nice. she puts on the events and concerts and she's actually another girl I definitely recommend you talk to. Um, to. Yeah, she's a successful entrepreneur and one of best friends long, like we've known each other almost 20 years. And she's the one that had me manage social media and marketing. She's the one that taught me how to do it. And so I used that my past to, to go into this position as a communications director. And I was able to help liaison communications for Northern um, nursing schools, Northern Nevada, like UNR and all of those and and Southern Nevada. And we were just work together as nursing students of what can we do for our community in Nevada? And as nursing students, like what power do we have? How do we get back to the community? How do we get into the community? And how do we, you know, how do we apply for scholarships? Like how do we get people to help our foundation and help other nursing students? And so it was a lot to juggle with my studies with being a mom and a wife and it was worth yeah. it though. It was so worth it because I learned so much and I made so many great friends and great networking. And it was a great experience to see like, that's the first time I used Zoom. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. It like, it was just great to see like what goes into running an organization. How does it really benefit you as a nursing student who wants to stand out, who wants to become a leader, who wants to make a difference? You know, there's, yeah. So many people, I think that they could get into nursing because they do want, they do love taking care of people. They do want to be a nursing student or they want to be a nurse. And that's wonderful if that's what you want to do. And you want to be a bedside nurse for your career and then retire. But I never wanted that. I wanted to be a nurse. I want to get my way. I want to be a family nurse practitioner and certified pediatric nurse practitioner. And then I want my PhD and I want to do research. I want to help the kids of Nevada. I want to make a big difference. And so for that, you have to stand out and you have to take chances and try to go for leadership roles. And I just always felt, I think in nursing school that like, there's no way I can do it. Like, I just kind of was like my biggest roadblock. Like, there's no way Shauna, you can't do it. And you, you know, you have a self doubt that's always there. And like, you're too old. Like you can't be like in the nursing student association with all these like 20 year olds, like you can't do that. Like that's so dumb, and they don't understand your time commitment, you know. And yeah, and then I just said, you know what? If I if I want to stand out, and if I want the leadership roles that I want, and if I actually do want to become a family nurse practitioner, or a pediatric nurse practitioner, like those require skills. They require conducting a business, conducting a meeting, um, reaching out to partners, reaching out to people who will help, you know, your office or other community officials. So, like, I need whatever experience I can get. And I'm just going to jump on the opportunity and I'm going to make it work. And I'm going to balance my budget, my time budget. So I'm just going to figure it out. And and I did it and it was so worth it. And she just, she pushed me and she's like, don't stand in your own way. Just go, just go apply for it. If anybody deserves it, you do. Yeah. And I was like, Okay, I'll I second that trying. motion.
0: <laughs> was like, and, try. <laughs> yeah, and you kick serious butt too because <laughs> that was, you got some rave reviews and yeah. got stellar grades. Would you say that just knowing your why and knowing that you wanted to contribute value and you knew your purpose, is that kind of what like drove you and carried you through some of the harder like times or the sleepless nights or the whatever? Yes, you had to go through while you were in your studies. And I know that you were actually truly interested in the subject matter as you're studying it. So that helps a hell of a lot too. But I mean, that's a lot that can be, I, I would think. Yeah,
1: it was. But honestly, the, my main, my number one motivator was to provide for my family and to, to make sure that like, well, I have a job that will always be able to take care of them because I come from go-go dancing and bartending and you're replaceable you're so replaceable like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter like and you're you're easily rehired depending on your looks and your age Mm -hmm. but I mean unfortunately you're just it's so replaceable and I mean, unless you, obviously, if you did union, but I didn't get that far because, you know, I had my husband do union because he wanted to bartend. He didn't know if he wanted to do anything else. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. The union bartenders out here make, you know, over 20 an hour plus tips. So like, and our insurance is insane. So I was yeah, like, yeah. go for it. Like, yeah. babe, if you're going to do it, do it right. Be a union bartender. And and I helped him study for that. That was, you know, when Jasper was born and that was his And our job security. But look at now in the pandemic, like he's not working. Mm He hasn't worked since March and everything has flipped. You know, when I quit my job after that first semester of nursing school, he worked three jobs to support us so that I can finish school. And on top of watching the kids so I can study, I think he maybe got four hours sleep everything he just is a beast he was like no we're doing this you got this and he just encouraged me all the time and true a true partner in every sense of the word and and I was so happy that when he was furloughed in March that I was the one supporting the family and he yeah. got to be home and it was a little bit too where like because you know I was home with the kids most of the time because he he would leave for work at like 4 or 3 in the afternoon. So he wouldn't maybe 4 or 5 depends. He wouldn't do the whole dinner, bath time, bedtime routine and see how bananas it is with all of the kids oh, and yeah. and so he when he <laughs> when he got to stay home in March, he was like, "What the hell is happening?" <laughs> like he's like, Whoa, "What what how do I What's going on? <laughs> You're like exactly, yes. I was like, uh-huh. that's what I've been dealing with, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and what then I to make matters worse, they've switched the kids to distance learning, and my husband is not tech savvy. Like <laughs> he was the poor thing. So I like I just set him up. I said it's going to be okay. I set everything up on the computer. I bookmarked everything. I made a big old whiteboard with all the logins with everything and their calendar. Like I set him up for success, and he was just like, "Okay, I think I got it." <laughs> <laughs> And he's like the freaking pro at it now. I on my days right off on. when I'm off, I'm like, wait, what day is it? Where what are they doing? And he's like, I got it, babe, it's fine. I was <laughs> just like, oh my God, it's so crazy. That is teamwork. That is it is teamwork. And partnership. I felt so Oh my God. I felt so good for him. After him working so many jobs and not sleeping for him to be able to just be and to take the kids fishing and take the kids to the park and do yeah. homework and you know just have not worry about going to work on top of it like yeah. he he deserved it he deserved it so much
0: good it snaps for you too for going above and beyond again because you're going for your phd to be a nurse practitioner right yes absolutely because i, I really want to contribute yeah i want to contribute research like there's a
1: lot of topics that are very interested in, um, interesting to me that revolve around children and revolve around coping mechanisms and tools that they have to understand time because teenagers really don't have a sense of like this will pass. And that's why the suicide rate in, for teens in Nevada is so high. They, they don't understand yet that this really blows, but it's going to blow over you know, like,
0: yeah, definitely. So
1: there's
0: a lot of research I want to do. Yeah. Oh gosh. I can't wait to see you take over the world. Um, (laughs) And I just think of myself, that makes sense. I think of myself back when I was a teenager and just younger, even in my twenties and stuff. And that's just a lesson that I've learned over time that this too shall pass. And there's an ease in that and relaxation. And you just don't Mm -hmm. get so hyped up. Because you're like, this is a tough time. It sucks right now, but this too shall pass. And yeah, that is, mm-hmm. I can see, such a big deal. How has it been with COVID? Oh my God. So it's
1: crazy. Like we um we've really been quarantined for the most part. Like we we didn't go out from March to June. And June was my husband's 40th. So we went to Jerome, Arizona, which is like a haunted hotel. They have a haunted hotel. It used to be a psych ward and haunted whole haunted little mining town so we're like it's secluded it's so cool like it's secluded it's up in the mountain like there's usually never anybody there and really it was it was for us it was pretty secluded everybody you know was still wearing masks you know everybody was seating tables apart and we spent most of the time in the wilderness and um around no one and um it was just so much fun so we did that and then we did um harry potter (laughs) with that i'm such a dork um harry potter like scavenger hunt kind of thing downtown no way it was so much fun so you use your phone to like and it would guide you with the gps and then in certain locations you would find like a a person and you have to like solve the mystery of like what happened yeah, it wasn't I like think- necessarily Harry Potter, but it was like witches and wizards or something like
0: that. Oh my gosh, I love that! And I just finished the Harry Potter series. I think I'd read like the first book or two years ago when they first came out. But this, just the past couple of months, last <laughs> month, I've been to I finished the series all in. Oh yeah, totally I love it. And witches yeah. and wizards, just all of it. Just give me. An I all. know. <laughs>
1: it's so fun. That's rad. Right so on. we just did that. And that was like in the summer, it was really, really hot. And it was fun. But again, we just wore masks, but we've gotten tested a few times. We've had a couple of scares. Um, his parents had got it and found out their test results the day after the kids went over there. Oh. And so I was crying and scared because June only has one kidney. So Oh, gosh, yeah. So I was, like, I'm I'm most worried about him. And then Jasper, just because whenever he gets sick, he gets sick. Like, it almost Dang. presents – yeah, it almost, like, presents his meningitis. Like, he is, like – he's just out and about. Like, he can't move. He's throwing up. He has a high fever. And his, like, head is hurting really bad. Like, anytime he gets sick. So I was just wondering, like, you know, he has a hyperactive immune system or something. And, and if he got that, that's kind of, like, you know, am I going to take care of him in my unit? Like, am I going to take care of him I'm in my hospital? So yeah. – it's just been really scary. And I, I got the vaccine and I was great. I, my second dose was on the seventh and I'm great. But then, you know, I had a scare, you know, I just recently got my hair done and I had another scare. So I know I'm going to wait and see in a couple of days and take another test and see where I'm at. But even though you have the vaccine, you know, you can still get it, but just not as severe,
0: obviously. So how has it been at the hospital and working just in the midst of all of this?
1: It's really good. I was a lot more terrified taking care of COVID kids, especially kids who have like trachs and who are, um, have to be on like humidified air where they're just aerosolizing essentially it into the room. Um, And we have like really good rooms, obviously negative pressure and uh, we have to gown up and wear all the proper PPE, which we have plenty of, so that's fine. But it doesn't change the fact that you're just terrified. You know, you're, yeah. you're you're terrified because you just don't want to bring it home to your loved ones. If I was a single person right now, I wouldn't care. I would be in there. I would say give me all those covid babies. Like give me them. I will take care of all of them. Yeah, and but I'm just so terrified of bringing them home to my family. And so I change in the garage, like I derobe and change everything in the garage. I have sanitizer in the garage. I run straight up to the shower. I shower. And I do that regardless if I've had a COVID kid or not, just because I don't want to bring anything home. It's nerve wracking. I feel a little bit better now that I've been vaccinated about taking care of our COVID kiddos, but I'm still scared, you know, like sure. I just don't want my babies to go through anything. And the problem is, is the kids for the most part do well with COVID. It's what happens after is that's problem. And I don't know if you've read any of the research, but it's called MISC. It's multi um, inflammatory system in children where these kids will test positive for COVID antibodies. And they're coming in with chest pain and they're coming in with like brain inflammation and septic and all this, like just a hyperimmune response where it's like attacking the coronary artery. And these kids go home on baby aspirin, like, like adults who had a heart attack, like it's It's just crazy to me. Like, this virus is so bananas. Like, I don't... I don't like it.
0: (laughs) Agreed, one hundred percent. What you just said, yeah. And I just the reading and the research that I have done, yeah, it's rattling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm so with you. Yeah, I thank you for what you do and for
1: yeah
0: being in the health field because that's that's not easy and that is so unsettling and terrifying to be in that, especially the thought of bringing it home to your family. It's also like these poor
1: kids. Like I love you know, being able to take care of them because yeah. that's why they're here. They don't feel good. Like yeah. just to get up to go to the restroom is like, they're out of breath, you know? So oh. it's like, I got you. You know, like yes,
0: and that's heartbreaking because they're they're young and shouldn't mm-hmm. be feeling like that when they're young. Yeah, that is. Yeah, so sad. Well, I mean, gosh, you really have lived the life. <laughs> early your <in laughs> life has been a movie, I guess I should say. But yeah, I mean, I know that life is a learning process. But what has been your takeaway so far? Like, do you have a message for people? What would you say to sum it all up? I know that's a big question, a big vague question. <laughs> <laughs> That's a huge question. I don't
1: even know. Like, I obviously, I guess the two, I don't know, I guess there's probably like three caveats I could like kind of take from it. Like, the one thing I'll never forget that my grandmother told me um, the only thing constant in life is change. And, you know, you can change for the better or you can change for the worse, but it's always your choice. So, I kind of like take that and, and kind of combine it with like not being a victim of your circumstance, because if I were a victim of my circumstance, I would have been gone a long time ago and I would not have been on this path. That's trying to constantly claw my way out from my parents' choices and my parents' habits and my parents' influence, you know? So it's constantly trying to just claw your way out of there. So, You know, don't become a victim of your circumstance and know that everything always changes. And this is temporary, and you don't have to take no for an answer. Like, you can have all that self doubt, but whether you think you can or think you can't, like, either way, you're right. You know what I mean? Like, either get out of your own way and like get it done or don't. It's always
0: your choice. So you just have to make your choice. That's the good news and the bad news of it, you know? Yeah. It can feel like a lot of responsibility, but how empowering, man. Like, it's your choice. You have so much power in your life.
1: Right. Like, you have to choose. Like, you, and, and I know you mentioned before, you said, you know, like, is this a sign? Like, should I not be going on this path? Like, that's just another language of self doubt. Like, I, don't necessarily believe in positive signs and negative signs. Like, sure, yeah, yeah. I'm just not like, I wish I could. I wish you definitely want things to be like, oh, this is great. See, this is this is what I meant to do. But every time something goes right, I think that, yes, I'm on my right path. And every time something goes wrong, I think that I need to push harder. Like, I'm not, not that it's, I shouldn't be doing it. It's like, no, I need to push harder.
0: Well, if you hadn't, you wouldn't be where you are. Yeah. Yeah. That's saying something, you know? Yep. (laughs) That's a a good takeaway. That's a good takeaway. (laughs) Thank you for that. Thank you. You're you, so welcome. I bow down to you. I, you have, awe. <laughs> I remember when Brittany was telling me about you and she's like, you have to have this chick on your podcast <laughs> and then she's like, get a load of this. And then she tells me about all of your life experiences. And I'm like, yeah, definitely got to talk to her. And then just hearing about it and your perspective on it and just so much to take from it and so much to learn from it and so inspiring. So thank you.
1: Yeah. I mean, I do want to say one thing, like I do have to credit my father. Like he's like, you know, while he didn't make great choices in the beginning of my childhood, like he really stepped up towards the middle, like my teen years. And he also is somebody that came from nothing and barely graduated. And now he's like, I don't know if he makes eight figures or nine figures. I don't, I don't ever know, but he's like, I don't even know. He's just does the damn thing. And he's like, he's a successful loan officer, but he, is successful because he does it from the heart and he helps like he helps immigrants become homeowners like just like he's a ball about pushing and helping and not quitting and he's just like I'll never forget when he walked on he quote unquote walked on fire you know like when they walk on coals yeah and he he showed me because he said this is proof you can do anything you put your mind to and I was like okay and I think that wow. was like a pivotal thing and so I owe a lot of my determination and my, like putting your mind to it
0: from him. That's inspiring. Yeah, for sure. Gosh. Okay. Well, thank you again. And people can find you on Instagram. Oh, God bless you. can you, <laughs> you can go along the journey. <laughs> you can, if you want to see some of my craziness.
1: Yes, please do. Or at least you can see the minimum, like my hair colors. I might keep this one for a little bit. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I love it. I It makes your eyes pop. Thanks. Oh it's my so gosh. Funny. Yeah. I was like, yeah. a- when I saw that picture that Brittany had posted gorgeous so so pretty Aww, so
1: thank pretty. you <laughs> yeah it's Shauna Lee Sinner because I you. am a sinner <laughs> hell yeah love it <laughs>